MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in here to In Game Live, hour number two on the Sports Grid Saturday edition. I am Kevin Walsh, joined by George Kurtz for another two hours here on the grid as we look through uh, all of today's big games. We'll have you set up for those, as well as talking, George, about what is to come from this NFL season. We've got, uh, you know, obviously less than a week away uh, before we'll have had opening night. This time next week, uh, we'll be talking about some big college football games, but also everybody will really be getting ready for our first NFL Sunday, which will be uh, awesome to see. Uh, and today, right now, is cut day, George, as we're seeing, uh, you know, some big, some big names, some not so big, uh, being removed from these rosters as the teams get down to fifty. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're hearing names, right? That's what you're hearing. Names. They're really not, not really anybody that's going to be. Uh a top guy in your fantasy team or anybody that truly makes a big difference on a football team, but names that we've heard. I mentioned Lamar Miller was cut by the Patriots today. He got 200000 guaranteed. That was somewhat of a surprise that we didn't think he would go. But you'll hear other guys as well that'll get cut. I said, some of these guys will get picked up again. You know, they just want to wait till I think it's after week one, and then you don't have to guarantee the contract is not guaranteed anymore, so you can cut them at any time. So I think that's what's going to happen here. You know, it's the same game they play every year. Adrian Peterson was cut. Uh, by the uh, by, the Washington football team, uh, running backs seem to be the favorite topics here. You're not going to see too many receivers get cut uh, unless they're really kind of bad or a team is loaded. See, the problem is when you're at the bottom of the depth chart here. If you're a fourth running back, five receiver, six, seven, anything below that, you better be able to play special teams. If you can't play special teams and you're just a backup running back, odds are you're not going to have a job. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, now, I also, George, kind of want to talk about some teams that uh, we may be buying where, where others are selling. And I also really want to talk to you um, about player props. But you were also mentioning to me, you know, people are getting ready for their fantasy drafts. And, and I want to ask you, as you know, you've now probably, uh, I know you've done at least one, if not more. Um, yeah, has there been anything that stood out to you? Yeah, I figured. Uh, that has stood out to you while you've been doing these drafts? Anything where it feels different or, or oh, it's the, it's the exact same when it comes to, to fantasy this year? I don't know if anything is truly uh, not or not the same. Anything has gone pretty much according to plan. Uh, now I'm in eight leagues, uh, many more best ball. I'm not even counting. Best ball is, I don't know, 20, 25, whatever it is. I like best ball leagues. Most of us do. You draft it, you're done. Nothing else to do. It's best ball league. So you don't have to worry about making the moves yet. But I'm in eight redraft leagues. Those are good keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, whatever I might be in. So uh, I've been probably in most leagues, I'm not seeing players fall like you would. You know, I think people have done a very good job in their homework. Maybe because we had so much free time this year. People have done their homework, I think, more than any other year. And they're following the script. And I think that has probably been the first thing I noticed uh, in a couple of years, even my home leagues. I said, uh, my two homies had drafted one same as you last Saturday night, and my league, the Arms Commissioner, drafted Thursday. And it went, I mean, I'm looking at my, my draft, and I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just going down in order. The guy says, mm-hmm. I'm not going here, 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 here. No, it went down in order. So I thought that was, uh, wow, guys are actually following the script this year. No one's going off base. People seem to do their homework. And I said, it did dawn on me. I'm like, I wonder if it's because, well, we can't, can't really go out. Restaurants, you know, you can't eat in a restaurant. You can't go here. I can't go there. I can't mm-hmm. go on vacation. It was the easiest draft setup this year as well. I didn't get the oh no, I can't make a draft this day because I got to rearrange my sock drawer. I can't do it this day because I got to get the lint out of my belly button. Oh, cool. it's the hardest thing I do all year. I'm telling you, man. I am the father of two. I got a puppy, a wife, a house. The hardest thing I do all year is try and set up my fantasy football league draft. I, you get every excuse in the book. Drives me insane. And even when you said it, all right, all, all, every guy said, yes, you know, this day is good. Dave told you, oh, I can't make it tomorrow. Yeah, come on, man. Right. You know, it drive, you know, drives me insane. It's funny, though, that you make that point about uh, the draft being like, feeling like it went more in order. There was a bunch of times at my draft this past weekend um, where, you know, someone takes a guy that, in years past, I, I was like, oh, he'll obviously fall. And they were like, oh, this is a live draft, right? So, you know, and, you know, the person would turn to me and they'd be like, what do you expect? I've been home. He goes, I know everybody and I know where they're supposed to go. I was like, oh, it's not ideal. I would prefer you not to know everybody <laughs> and not know where they're supposed to go. How um, dare you do your yeah, Exactly. I, I, I could use you being a little bit busier, please. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that, that's a good point that you bring up there. I think the biggest thing for me that, that has stood out in fantasy drafts, like, cause this, you know, we're also at the time of the year, George, I'm sure you see it a ton on your timeline on Twitter. Uh, people will tweet out their fantasy team. I'd say nine out of 10 times. If the person did not start running back, running back, I go, nah, that was, that was a mistake. I'm not going to say that. I'm not gonna. It depends on. It depends on when. If you took a wide receiver and you know third pick overall, all right, that's a mistake. Uh, I could see you taking Michael Thomas pretty much any time after. Probably running back six, you know, so a seventh pick on. I can probably pretty much see that. I know when people 
Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, I, I don't mind answering the questions on Twitter. I really don't. But if you tweet me your fantasy team and asking me to grade your team, you're getting a stock answer. All right? Because, hey, I don't know every rule of your league. No, I don't know every rule. You know, you, you probably give me the base, but I don't know the points and everything else that goes along with it. But the answer is almost always either your team, unless you screwed up. If you screwed up, I'll tell you. But it's almost always mm-hmm. you had a good, solid draft, and now injuries and the moves you make during the season will be what determines your success or failure. That's my stock answer yeah. for everybody. You know, so if, that's really what you want from me because that means you, you did fine. Your draft's good. Looks looks like a good, solid team. Mm-hmm. If I say anything else, that means you probably have issues. You know, yeah. so uh, a draft, I, I am of that belief. For the most part, a draft can't win it for you, but it can lose it for you. You got to stay healthy. You just have to stay healthy. I'm not one who believes you need to go running back, running back. I will tell you this, Kevin, for the most part, I usually do. I think in every draft, every redraft, best ball is a little different. You, you take some chances in best ball. Uh, but in every redraft league, I believe I took a running back in the first round in every one of them. I don't remember grabbing Mike Thomas. I certainly didn't take a tight end. Uh, I did take some wide receivers in the second round, but I believe in every draft, so that's all eight, I went running back first, and I would almost guarantee that. Are you playing more best ball this year than, than years usual, or, or are you kind of at your usual amount? Uh, I would say the usual amount. You know, best ball, for anybody who doesn't know what best ball is, best ball, you draft a team like you would, but that's it. There are no moves being made. All right, so it's best ball. You draft the team and you leave it. That's why we draft so many of these stations. Because I don't have to worry about making moves on Sunday mornings or, you know, Thursday before the game starts. Because uh, else I wouldn't be able to play in so many. You know, if I was playing in 25 best ball and 30, if I'm in 40 leagues and you find out last second, oh, you know, Ziegler Elliott's not going to play. Oh, my God, you've got to go through 40 leagues now. And find out how many leagues you yeah. have Elliott in. I don't, you know Jim Day fantasy Taz. Jim Day is uh, Jim Day's nuts. He plays. Uh, I always have to ask Jim the first question of every fantasy season: How many leagues you playing in this season? At one time it was 120, 140, and I know he's telling the truth. By the way, wow. he's insane. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I have to wow. ask Jim, what do you do at 11:30 Sunday morning when you find out the inactives? How do you count right. when you look at 130 leagues? Yeah, I mean, he had spreadsheets. I guess he knew exactly. I mean, so you got you're nuts. Especially with someone like mm-hmm. Jim and anybody of us who has to answer all these. Oh, it doesn't have to. We have, we have work to do Sunday morning radio shows. Yeah. We have questions on Twitter. That's I try and get to everybody. You know, we're just setting things up here. So uh, I try. I've tried to keep my leagues down. I've also learned this. I used to play in probably never anywhere near what Jim did, but there was a time I played in maybe double what I did, 15, 20 leagues. But I wasn't as good a player, Kev, because you can't keep track. I mean, to know when your right. fab is. They're all, all these leagues have different fabs. It's on Wednesday nights, on Tuesday nights, on Thursday morning. And to get your bids in, you're not as good a player. The more leagues you play in, the, the less you are as a player. The perfect amount is probably three or four. Yeah, and what's interesting with, with, um, with fab is it's one of those things that I understand why people do it. But because I feel like I was introduced to it far later than most, I am so thoroughly against it. And it's solely because I don't find that I, I fully understand it. Like, I get the concept of it, but I don't feel like I have of an, enough of a like, concrete answer as to what I'm supposed to spend here and what I'm supposed to spend there. And it just, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just get messed up because I'm fourth on the waiver and the guy in front of me needs the same guy. I'm the guy, I, I don't care. What the, what the uh, waiver wire procedure is. You want to just have a, a revolving list? Fine. You want to go fab? Fine. You want to do fab every day? That's probably what I, re- I prefer, by the way. If you are going to do fab, I prefer it every day. 
not just Wednesday night and then first come, first serve. Oh, if you want to make it all first come, first serve, I'm good with that too. As long as I know what it is, I'll play it. If I don't, if I hate your waiver wire system, then I probably shouldn't be in your league in the first place. Most people prefer fair because it's the fairest way. You know, if you want somebody, I want somebody, well, then, you know, it comes down to which one of us bids the most. You know, how badly do we want them? It's like playing in an auction league over a, uh, a summertime league, you know, snake draft league. Uh, no one complained. Oh, I didn't even have a chance to get Christian McCaffrey because I didn't have the first pick. Mm. Well, in an auction, you do have a chance to get him. Outbid whoever you want and go get him. You know, so I, mm. I get it. But uh, I play, my home league is actually uh, revolving. with a revolving list, you know, uh, that revolves. You know, if Kevin had the first, if you had the first overall uh, at the list, you make a pick. Well, then you go to last. And just revolves mm. like, like that. So if you want to overclaim somebody, you can. It's a 24-hour period. That a player uh, stays on that list. We uh, people like that. They don't like Fab. And this league doesn't like Fab. Most leagues do. This one doesn't. Yeah, I, and that's the you know it, it it varies. Like I said, I understand it. It's one of those things. Just for me, where I'm like, uh, I will make this point though, as it, as it pertains to waivers. And I don't know if it's changed over the years, but I know the default used to be it reset every week, and the worst record would have the first overall waiver claim. Don't do that. Just make it every single, when you use it, you go to the back and it doesn't reset week to week. Because that is totally unfair. Because if you have enough playoff spots, you're actually better off like losing the first three weeks of the year, picking up all the good waiver spots, and yes. then just being able to get in as the eighth. Because like, we know there's no home field seating, doesn't matter. It's fantasy football. You are 100% correct there. You are 100% correct. People brought that up uh, in many leagues. That hey, I'm going to lose in a couple of weeks. Get that last, uh, that first waiver wire spot. And claim the best guy available because you know, there'll be guys. No matter how big your league is, there'll be guys that we didn't realize. Oh my God, where would this guy come from? He's he's the starter now we, that you didn't know. Well, there'll be an injury, that big injury, and there'll be injuries. Is there anything more depressing mm-hmm. in for in football than Monday morning when we have to see? Oh, oh this guy tore his ACL. This guy tore his. Like, oh my God, and you lead all these injuries every Monday morning. It's like. I hate going through my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, I actually, I, I put a waiver in on Chris Thompson already. And I'm like, what a mistake. But I think with uh, Raquel Armstead back on the, the COVID list, I think it might be all right. Um, all right, we come back. I think we're going to put a pin in football. Let's get you guys set up for uh, today's baseball slate. When we come back here on In Game Live. A lot of games today for Major League Baseball. None of them at 1 o'clock or 2. Or three. There's still a ton, though. We'll talk about them next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back right here on The Grid. Kevin Walsh alongside George Kurtz. And George, we got a a ton of baseball that we can bring to people. Is there only one game at 4 o'clock? Yeah. And then everything else starts at And then there's one game at 5. And the only reason there's a five o'clock game, by the way, is because it's a du- first game of a doubleheader. I mean, uh, it's just, I just don't get it. I truly just don't get it. Uh, why? I mean, I, I, I know I've made this point before, Kevin. I would understand if fans were in the stands. I, I know the numbers tell you. And if I owned a business, I would probably do the same thing here. That when fans prefer to come to late, late evening, I should say late afternoon, early evening games. I get that. And if I'm owning a business, that's how I'm scheduling my games, too. All right, I want to make money, but there are no fans now. No one's coming to these games, you know. And yet, you still have, you can't have a game any earlier than four o'clock. That that would be a one o'clock West Coast game, by the way. That's Padres Athletics, so good for them. But we have yeah. no early afternoon games. Just I I don't get it. It's why don't they do like the NFL? One o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock. You have nine o'clock for West Coast games for late or ten o'clock, whatever you want to do. Why don't you do that? I just don't understand that. Think, just look at your schedule. Like, oh, this makes no sense. Whatever. We literally we do this bi-weekly. We like. I don't know what's wrong. Ugh, it's crazy. So far. All right, let's just Padres Athletics. The the A's uh, got beat pretty good by this Padres team last night. Tough to tell here if this line is trying to push us in in a direction. Plus one hundred four on the Padres and Paddock. Or only minus 122 for Oakland at home? I think you could make a good case here either side. Uh, Georgie, are you going to make one and play one? You know, I didn't know what to do with the A's last night because uh, <clears throat> they hadn't played all week. You know, you don't know what's going to happen there. Are they going to be uh, rusty or arrested? You know, that sort of thing there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not in love with uh, Manaya. You still know what you're going to get from him game in, game out. That always concerns me with uh, a pitcher like that. They didn't play well yesterday. You got the short turnaround to come back and play today. I mean, I want to say the A's. I really do. But San Diego, Slam Diego, is playing so well. I think I would take the even money. You get uh, slightly plus money with San Diego here. But I don't feel great about it. I really don't. I don't like the over-under either. I'm not betting. I'm not planning on putting anything on this game. You know, so I I don't think I'm going to have to worry about it. But I lean more towards uh, San Diego. 
But uh, it's I have no gut feelings about this. No nothing. Uh, 8.5 is the over-under, minus 118, minus 104. No, I'm not feeling anything for this game. Don't worry, George. It's only an hour away before when the next baseball game will start. <laughs> um, so then uh, let's just keep moving. Day. I know. Uh, Cubs-Cardinals, uh, you mentioned, though, uh, this is game number one of a doubleheader. An absolute pick here. Minus 108, both sides for this matchup at Wrigley Field. The total of six in a seven-inning game. Uh, have you been playing doubleheaders, George? I mean, honestly, if you've been playing baseball, you probably have had no choice. You haven't. And by the way, these, these doubleheaders are going to keep coming. I mean, my God. I know I looked at the last uh, schedule for next week. There are doubleheaders up the wazoo. So it's going to keep coming. they got to make up these games here, so we're going to get a lot of them here. The over is six. I don't have a choice. i got to play it. I just don't have a choice. When did Adam Wayne – this is not the Adam Wainwright of five, seven years ago. He's uh, very hittable. Now, granted, I'll want to see a lineup here to make sure both these teams don't go with their backups you know, for most of this game and they got their starters for game two here. But he took an Alzale for uh, Chicago Cubs. He's just a, a call-up. You know, we'll see what uh, – I don't expect big things from him. Both teams can hit good enough in this. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if one team gets me that overall by themselves. So I'm going to hammer this over. I'm going to like this over a bunch here. Uh, for those who want to know about Alzale, uh, has he made any – He's pitched pretty well. I mean, he's got six innings pitched this season. Uh, one was a start. One was a uh, relief appearance. He hasn't given up an earned run. Eight strikeouts in those six innings. So I can see why FanDuel's going uh, this way here. But still, uh, give me the over here. No choice. I'm taking the over. I'm not going to take the game itself, though. But I'm uh, over six. I just don't think I have a choice, Kevin. I'll, I'll take my chances. All right, George. Uh, let's keep moving because this next spot here is actually – a spot that you and I had last Sunday, which is Blake Snell against the Miami Marlins. Now, I shudder to ask this. Well, they ended up winning that game, right? With By the, what, three and a half? <laughs> yes, oh, they no. did. And it, oh, they, they, no, they, they knew it got they won. They won. They had, what, they had a 12-1 lead or something like that. And it was also, it was, when you and I left the show, I think it was 12-7. And I'm like, oh, man, if they would have blown that lead, I, I'd have, I'd have flipped. I definitely would have flipped. You know, there, there's very rarely that I, I get upset about losing a bet, but when you lose, and a, what was it? A, if you had 11 runs, minus three and a half, so it's seven run, a seven-run cushion, I would not have been happy. They put it nicely. Uh, that would have ruined my day, but they did hold on here. I believe now the stat is that Tampa, Tampa not only owns the Yankees of late, they own uh, Miami as well. They beat them nine straight times. Nine straight times times. All right, Alcantara, uh, for all people who didn't know, he was one of the ones who uh, was on the COVID list for Miami. He got uh, back in the day. He was pitching so well before he had, before it happened. And then he's come back. He's made one start, and he didn't pitch well. Against uh, against Tampa Bay, once again, five earned runs, two home runs, eight runs, six hits, two walks, only two strikeouts. I'm going back to the well here. I'm going back to the well. Give me Tampa. I don't think Miami can beat them right now. Uh, Snell is pretty much their ace, but I need a parlay. This would be uh, Pauly Parlay here. Minus 230 is a little bit too much for me. I think, though, George, there feels like there's actually, like, very – not often would I say if you're laying a run and a half, you're getting fair value. I feel like you're getting immense value here on the Rays at minus one and a half. Just look at the game right below it. Giolito on the road against the Royals. They're minus 225 favorites. They're minus 152 minus a run and a half. 
mean, I'm sure they believe in the White Sox offense more than the Rays. And okay, if if Al Contrera, you know, has has more juice than uh, Cubic, um, but that's a ridiculous gap. Like, I, I know you'll find your parlay partners as you always do with these baseball slates, but is this minus one and a half not showing what feels like to me incredible value? Well, you already found my parlay my parlay partner, by the way. My parlay, well, whatever, <laughs> like, you get me. You know, uh, my parlay partner in Chicago. Uh, I, you know, I didn't see that. I didn't, but you're right. That is a too big a gap here. Uh, I mean, are they expecting Alcantara to pitch better? Okay, maybe. You know, and he, is a, he is a good pitcher. There's no doubt he's a good pitcher who I think is just still building up arm strength from what happened here. And I'm not sure he's all the way back yet. Uh, I don't mind it. And I think in the, the way I'm looking at it here, I'm, I'm, I'm almost writing it down. I, I want to take this as well here because I don't have the game. I have a, par- a parlay here. I don't mind having money on Tampa Bay as well. I won't do so the White Sox for minus 152. But minus 118, oh. I think you've convinced me here, Kev. I think you've convinced me that this is a, uh, a decent shot to uh, sort of double up on this game. Yeah, I, I think I think it is a uh, I think it is a good spot. Let's just get straight to it, though. You White Sox today, Giolito, no questions asked. This is a good spot for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to go straight minus two twenty five, but if you, uh, I'm going to parlay it with us now, and I'm comfortable doing that here. Uh, the over under is minus uh, what nine point five minus one oh six. He could shut down KC, and maybe they're not going to score. No, I'm not going to touch that. It, I probably would. Uh, I I like the White Sox overs more when Giolito's not pitching. You know, because this way I think the other the other guys might get hit a little bit. But I'm going to have the uh, the parlay here, Chicago. And Snell with Tampa Bay. Uh, the minus 1.5, I mean, it's good, but that would be another parlay if I want to get that. Or maybe if I didn't write it down here, so I would actually be searching for that. But if I might want to do a run line with another parlay, I can think about taking the White Sox here at minus 152. Yeah, you know, that is interesting. If you went full force on, you know, even the White Sox and, and Tampa, Tampa Bay, like that's plus 206. Like it's just you know that's interesting. If you wanted to go full force with those two teams today, um, obviously it, you know it's worrisome to be so fully invested in just two spots. Yeah, but, I'm not going to do that because I mean, in case he is going to pitch a gem. Yeah, I hear you, but I, I, I don't that's mind fair. that though. I wouldn't mind anybody doing that who's not doing the par, uh, the money line. I wouldn't money mind line. then then. Yeah, if you, if, you, if, you want, if you want to do one or the other, fine. I'm not, I don't want to do both. But I think gotcha. I, well, I'm still going to take Tampa Bay on the run line, minus 1.5. I'll do that because, once again, I don't think Alcantara is there yet. I just don't think he's there. You know, So mm-hmm. I think they, they will score some runs there. Tampa's playing so well right now. So well. I mean, are they, gonna, are they going to the World Series? No. Glasnow, Snell, Charlie Morton, that bullpen? I don't oh, know who's beating them right now. Well. <laughs> All right, Kevin is guaranteed that. Yeah, don't worry. The Yankees, Kevin. It's not going to be the Yankees either. That'd be all right. I, I think they'll be just fine. Um, I, George, like this thing, you're you're very realistic about about the Yankees. I mean, are you are you are you buying this uh, time to be worried about the Detroit Tigers on their heels? No, I think the Yankees will get in. Uh, the Yankees schedule. I mean, uh, I mean. It was, this was the nice part of the schedule. They're playing a lot of games against Baltimore, 
a lot of games against Miami, Toronto. Uh, Toronto's actually playing well as uh, also. They're a better team than the Yankees anticipated coming in. I don't think they'll catch Tampa Bay, you know, but I think they'll get in the playoffs. But the reason I don't think they're going to go very far is who's your number two starter? And even your number one starter, Cole has not pitched very well of late. But who's your number two? I mean, anybody trust Tanaka, really? Good luck with that. Paxton, when he comes back? Oh, sure, he was doing so well before the injury. So I don't see how the Yankees are going. And are you going to tell me all these guys are going to come back? Judge, Stanton, and they're not going to get hurt again? They're going to be able to play? That's a lot of uh, what-ifs, maybe, you know, could happen. Uh, Torres is coming back today for the Yankees. Glyber Torres was activated. So they'll get one of their guys back. But once again, it wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire before uh, he got hurt either. Glaber's back. Glaber's back. And the Yankees are playing in Camden Yards. The Yankees are playing in Camden Yards. Well, you know what that means. What's his home, what's his home run prop today? We'll get to that game. I wonder what his yeah. home run prop is. Today. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, and that's the thing. That's one of those things where you follow a team, you know exactly where I was going. Uh, let's see. <laughs> to, to hit a home run. Oh, tell me they don't have him because they weren't prepared for him to be back. Ah, uh, because they weren't always activated. Oh, Figure it out. He's in the home run today, though. I would He's bet the home it run too. today. I would bet it. It'd be better than like three to one, and, he, and it'd be his first day back. He's going to hit a home run. There's a nice little three to one, four to one. I'm making up odds on, on this, but that's a that's a good spot. Um, all right, we're going to put a pin in baseball. We will come back to it still within this hour, but we did just see some other news in the NFL as a big-time wide receiver just got paid. Keep it right here on In Game Live for more after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What's going on? Welcome back right here on The Grid. And we've got some news over in the National Football League as we just saw uh, a wide receiver get paid. We already saw Sean Watson receive uh, a big-time deal. And now it is Keenan Allen who has got uh, a new extension with the Chargers, a four-year deal. Uh, that'll be more than $80 million, which will make him, George, the second-highest-paid wide receiver in the league. Yeah, we'll see what the guaranteed money is there. That's really what uh, determines uh, really what you, how good you are, how good you're not. I'm a little, I guess I shouldn't say I'm surprised here. Once again, quarterback league, right? And if you, have, if you want to be a quarterback or a good quarterback, you better have guys to throw to. And Keenan Allen uh, is, is really good, especially when he stays healthy. Uh, Herbert, I don't know how much we're going to see of him this year. I really don't. Um, I'm thinking right now I think the overrun to be five, five and a half as far as games played for Herbert. Start game started uh, for Herbert. Uh, we'll see. I think Tyra Taylor is going to be the guy there for a while, maybe until they're not in playoff uh, consideration anymore. But either way, uh, Keenan Allen's going to be the man there. Mike Williams I don't, had the shoulder yeah. issue. I think he went uh, Torres laid him a little bit there. Maybe mm-hmm. he's ready for week one, uh, but I think even that's iffy there. That passing game, I think it's still going to be a work in progress. They're going to filter through that defense, which is, even without Derwin James is good, and we'll see how good Austin Eckler really is, and I think he's fantastic. I, I may end up like feeling silly about this, but I, I know rookie quarterbacks always find their way on the field. But Anthony Lynn loves Tyrod Taylor. Loves Tyrod Taylor. And has wanted him to be the guy for a while. And he wants to give him a fair shake. And I don't even know if them being out of postseason contention could make him pull the plug on Herbert. Because, George, I'm not sure if he goes to Herbert and we see something good from Herbert. They go, okay, Lynn, you can stay around. Because I do worry about Anthony Lynn's job security, although I think he you know, should be able to stick around with this team. But I do worry about it when it comes to this Chargers team. And he might just want to go out swinging with his guy. And this team might be all right. Like, talk to me. How do you – do you see the Chargers as a team that's going to push for a playoff spot? Or, you know, are we already dealing with this Derwin James injury and the quarterback situation and you're out? Well, Derwin James, I mean, this hurts – this guy's a really good player. For the second year in a row, they're pretty much not going to have him. So this hurts. It absolutely hurts here. When it comes to the AFC playoffs, I have listen. I have Buffalo winning the division, Baltimore winning the division, Indianapolis, Kansas City. So that's four. You four division winners. You got three wild card spots left. Pittsburgh's going to get a wild card spot with Ben back. Uh, I mean, if not for the division they play in, they might be a division winner. So that's five. So now I think you pretty much have teams like New England, Cleveland, Tennessee, Houston. And every team in the AFC West, I think they're all very similar. Maybe not the Raiders, but Denver and the Chargers. So that's six teams battling for two spots. I mean, how much are we discounting New England here? All the, uh, all the guys who opted out with COVID, they had some free agent defections, got Cam. If you're going to give them a playoff spot because it's Bill Belichick, which I don't think I can blame you for doing, I pick them to make the playoffs, not to win the division. Or now you got five teams for one spot. Are the Chargers better than Tennessee? Have my doubts. Are they better than Houston? Have my doubts. 
You know, they better than Denver. I don't even know they're better than Denver. You know, like, but I think they're right there with them. So for me to tell you that they're going to get in over those teams, if I had to hedge a bet, I would say no. Uh, it's not so much for Derwin James. You know, I, I think it's I worry about the quarterback. I worry about Mike Williams already being hurt. Uh, I just worry about this team is too. It's, they're defensively loaded. They're a really good defense, and they're not a bad. They're not a bad offensive team, but they're not very good either here. And I think Herbert has to play eventually. You said it in your first sentence there. You know, I, you know, first round quarterbacks are going to play. He's going to play eventually. Ownership's going to want the fit. Well, it's the Chargers. I, should, I don't know about fans. It's um, <laughs> a joke. There you go. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Oh, it's good. You sold that well. <laughs> okay. But the fans are going to be clamoring for it as well. Right? So the media is going to want to see them when things don't start to go well. You know, it's just a question of when is it. I think the I think Tyrod Taylor will play until they're out of contention. Then he has no choice. He has to go with the youngster. You know, the GM's going to want it. He drafted him. You know, they're going to want to see what this guy can do for next season. So I'm going to say no, they don't make the playoffs. It's interesting with the AFC, but they might have – it really might just be a situation of having two teams in Tier 1 and, like, ten teams in Tier 2. I think Buffalo's in a Tier 1 by themselves. And I might put – if Phillip Rivers is a decent quarterback, I might put him in that tier with Buffalo. Yeah. But I agree with you. Casey and Bolton are definitely head and shoulders above everybody else. Sure. And I said, then I, I give Buffalo – Buffalo's a real – I mean, once again, that defense, in my mind, is the best in the NFL. Josh Allen, I don't need you to be great. I don't need you to be Mahomes. I don't need you to be Lamar Jackson. Can you take the next incremental step, and can you stop doing stupid things? Oh, let me throw the football back like this. Stuff like that. Can you stop doing that? If he can, then I think they're a dangerous team. you got Stephon Diggs there. The running game, Zach Moss, I think is solid, not great. But uh, I like what they can do here. They're a team in a one game. I don't think you're all that thrilled about playing them. I really don't. I mean, the yeah. problem with this, if they play, if they play KC, if they play Baltimore, even with that great defense, Kansas City wants to score 40 points against everybody. I think Buffalo could hold them to 24-27. Can Buffalo get above that now? I just don't know if they can. Yeah, I think the, I understand that, uh, you know, like if I told you that there's going to be 10 teams on Tier 2, of course people are going to be like, no, listen, I got these teams here and these teams here. But I just think there's a lot of teams that I can pull and start making arguments. What the Steelers did offense, uh, defensively was real last year. Well, then Big Ben coming back is just going to boost them up, right? If Baker Mayfield is not miserable, that team has far too much talent to not end up being on a reasonable tier. The Titans last year like knocked out Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and had Andy Reid against the road. Like, you know what? I know, I know Ryan Tannehill being literally like the best statistical quarterback in the league is not some sustainable thing, but if he can be a top 12 quarterback, which I, I know that sounds bizarre to people, but just like where he was numbers-wise last year, if he's found something, then that Titans team's going to be pretty good. Deshaun Watson's one of the you know top seven quarterbacks in football, probably higher for most people. That's usually enough to get people interested. It's been the case with Russell Wilson in Seattle for many, many years, right? And, and then you've got your, you know, oh, what about the Denver Broncos and the ascending wide receiver weapons there? What about the Chargers and this new uh, innovative offense and how incredible their defensive pieces can be, right? 
So that's why I, I, I ultimately do feel like this AFC is Chiefs, Ravens. We might disagree on how we rank the next, you know, eight to ten teams, but I don't know if there is enough separation. I would agree. I think it's probably easy to talk about the teams that are not going to make the playoffs. You know, Jets, right. pff, gone. No chance in hell. Yeah. Uh, Bengals aren't doing it. Jaguars aren't doing it. I would probably, I, I'm really close to putting the Raiders in here as far as they're not doing it, but maybe we'll see what happens. But uh, everybody else, I think, has a shot. I do think has a shot here. Uh, we have the greats. I think we have the goods. And then we have a whole bunch of, well, we'll see. You know, things, things mm-hmm. go in the right direction. I think you put it perfectly. You know, if Mayfield doesn't, you know, poop the bed, way too many weapons there. Way too many weapons there. And they finally looked at they have real coaches there. Uh, you know, when you uh, a couple of segments ago, you said you were going to ask uh, about a surprise team that no one's yeah. talking about that might get in. Uh, you sort of hit it here. And for me, it's Miami. Yes! I like everything they've done. I like everything they've done. I like the coach. I like the moves they've made. I mean, it's just about Fitzpatrick. You know, because uh, I know I said I put New England in the playoffs, but Kevin, I don't feel great about that. And I wouldn't bet on it. Because once again, I'm betting on Belichick, you know, that he can once again work his magic here. Uh, it's nothing really against Cam, but I haven't seen him. You know, this is the one thing I miss about not having preseason football. If there's preseason games on, I'd be watching Cam very closely on these TVs to find out, can he run? Can he throw? You know, can he do both? Because he has to. If he can't run and he has to throw, drop back 30-plus times a game, New England's done. You know, his accuracy is always terrible. But if it's even worse now, or he can't get the ball down the field with the shoulder with any kind of accuracy, done. Not going to happen there. So I like Miami. I think they're an ascending team. Uh, to use your term here, they're going to have to go a tour eventually again. And But I think the fact that they can redshirt him, wait, make him wait a while. My only thing is when you look at the Miami schedule, and because I've, I've been doing this for a while now, trying to, trying to figure out a way to get Miami in the playoffs. And, but if you look at their schedule, they have a daunting – it's almost right out of the gate here. They do open up against New England, not really all that worried about that. If you want to make the playoffs, you have to beat New England uh, this year. At least go one-on-one. Uh, Buffalo issue. Jackson, go two and one in your first three. I'm good. The problem is Seattle, San Fran, Denver. Three in a row, two of them on the road here. Uh, and then you even got the Chargers and we uh, gave after that. Those are very good defenses. And I wonder if the fact that you're playing so many good defenses so quickly is going to go, oh, Fitzpatrick's not playing well. We're not winning here. Maybe you go one and three in those games. And Fitzpatrick's numbers look terrible because of who they're playing, then that forces them to go to two. Because you're going to want to play with the new toy, and he's ready to play here. And his schedule's easier. Then you get the Rams, Zona, Jets, bye week, Jets, Bengals. That's where they got to make their hay here. They have a five-week stretch where they're playing nobody before you play KC, New England again, Vegas, Buffalo to finish it out here. So uh, that's that's my wonder there. Are they going to panic? Especially when you play Seattle, San Fran, Denver Chargers, those four games in a row against good defenses. Are you going to panic then and maybe push the Tua button a little too early? The thing about Miami is the people that have come from Bill typically have no chance to beat Bill. And then Brian Flores' group went in there, week 17, and ruined the Patriots' season in Foxborough and cost them a bye and pushed them down to three. And now Brady and Belichick are no longer together. Maybe that was inevitable. 
But that team started to win, and yeah, it, you know, cost them Burrow, and you know the way they handled certain things with Rosen, I, I totally disagree with. But I like Brian Flores. This team has added talent. I'm not sure if this is the year. I do think they're trending up. I'll also say this though, as it pertains to the Patriots, I'm in on Cam. I think he's going to be pretty good for this. Cam, I get it. He played two games last year. The shoulder was an issue, though, to me the year before that. I think the shoulder would have been fine. It was then the foot. Now, I know. It's like, oh, this is starting to pile up. But if you go through the eight years before what was season number nine, he played 14 or more games in every single season. That's good enough for me. I think that's, you know, like, that's what you're, you know, and you'd like him to play a full 16, and he's got plenty of full 16s under his belt. And I do think that the Patriots having the opportunity to be innovative and to be unpredictable offensively for the first time in a long time is going to be a very, very dangerous sight for the rest of this league. So I, I, I like what the Patriots are selling. George, I think even, you know, if you're, say, somewhat lower or, or a little bit more skeptical, of a Cam Newton, for me, him being named a captain, maybe that's narrative talk. I bought into that. Listen, I I, I want Cam Newton to play, play well. I do. I just I, I till I see it, I'm that kind of guy. Until I see it, I'm not betting on it. I'm not assuming. You know, I wanted to be healthy here. He because it's not the throwing; it's more the running that I worry about. Is he going to be able to run with the band and be that Cam guy? Because like I said, he can't drop back 35, 40 times to throw the football. That's not going to work. He has to be that right. dual threat guy, and until I see it, I can't completely buy into it. Yeah, and I and I think that that is fair. All right, we come back. Let's go back over to this Major League Baseball slate right here on the grid. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty four seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Back right here on Endgame Live, George. Let's get right into it here. Uh, pick up where we left off with this Major League Baseball slate. The Reds and the Pirates in action. Um, I always want to be cautious betting against the Pirates. The total here, though, nine and a half. Uh, maybe some runs here with Desclafani and Williams on the mound. That's the way I look as well here as far as I'm not going to bet the game. Desclafani coming back off the I.L. Starts up there. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm definitely not betting the game. But you could convince me to bet uh, the over here. But I'm not going to do it. It's not one of the bets I have on my thing today. It's over 9.5. Pirates are scoring runs. Can't prevent them at all. But they're scoring runs here. I am not going to do it, Kevin. I'm going to leave this game alone here. But if there was a direction I was going to go, it would be the over. Okay, yeah. And I, and I think that that is fair. The Pirates have just, look, they, they've been a tricky team. They don't have a winning record at home, but they've probably been profitable to betters at home um, just because of the nature of, of the plus money that is always there. Uh, Angel Strohs. Angels back to being favorites when you wouldn't expect it, though they have won two in a row. <sighs> Excuse me. Just had no chance to get to the mute button there. My apologies for the sneeze. But um, the Angels here at minus 112 against the Astros, George. Um, do you think that this is a price where maybe this team's got something going right now? Now, once again, it's the first game of doubleheader. That's why you get the low over-under at 7.5. Uh, Belak versus Canning. I'm going to go the over again. It's not as it's not nowhere near as low as the other one, where it was uh, what was it, six. Uh, but I'm going to go the over seven point five here with B. Uh, B. and Canning. I think runs are going to be scored. I don't think Jose Altuve is playing today. He's got the uh, knee sprain, which sprain is another word for tear. Uh, it's a low grade tear, so it is what it is. I don't love anything else here, uh, or mainly because of the pitching. I don't trust uh, Belak or Canning, so I'm going the over. You know, I think probably Houston probably wins the game. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to bet that, Kev. So give me the over here as well. We'll have some overs tonight. One thing for the Astros, it's so funny, but if there were fans, this would be a much bigger story. They're 5-10 oh, yeah. and ten on the road. Well, it's not because the fans are booing them. But right, that's I, what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, but the fact that they're still by the on the road. Yeah, maybe. I think it just might come down to that they're not a very good team, a very good pitching team. I mean, after Zach Greinke, who, by the way, has been a story all to himself this year, have, he's pitched great. He's telling people what's coming. Hey, buddy, curveball. And he's still throwing it. I mean, uh, it's been a lot of fun <laughs> this year. With That's what he's done. Yeah. He's actually telling the guys on the mound, telling the catcher. He's putting the number two down, too. I'm throwing the deuce. You know, it's like, well, my God, I don't think I've ever seen this. Maybe not some Satchel Page uh, supposedly did stuff like that. You know, he would tell people what's coming. They still couldn't hit him. Um, so... After that, though, who's their starting rotation? Most people probably can't tell you. You know, Javier's been a nice little addition here. You know, but other than that, there's not much else there. So I, I'm not shocked they're playing that poorly on the road. They've had injuries, too. You know, Alvarez's gone for the season. Springer's been in and out of the line. Altuve's out now. Bregman was on the I.L. And so they've had their problems as well here. So I can't say I'm surprised by that stat. Yeah, uh, I think that that is a very, very good point. 
Um, big old number here. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a look. I, I moved down the board a little bit just because it stood wow. out. Uh, but these are all still 7 o'clock games. I know Max Fried's been great. And he has been great. 6-0, 1.6 ERA. Minus 280 on the Atlanta Braves today over the Washington Nationals, who has Freddie on the mound. The total is 9.5. I mean, he has been great. He absolutely has been great. I mean, free. We saw against the Yankees in that first game of doubleheader. He's fantastic. He's not Jacob Degrom. You know, we're not talking about someone like that—an absolute blowaway pitcher. You're not going to be able to hit. Uh, but the numbers tell you. I mean, right now he's six and zero. Oh. Six and zero. Oh. His ERA is one point six. Uh, whip is whip is one one even. He's striking out about a batter per inning. Oh, man, that. See, when I see a number like that against a team that's not what we don't think is terrible, I want to take I want to take the Nationals plus 240 because the number's good, even if I just don't put much money on it. I may not believe they can win, but once again, you're sort of playing uh, a pot odds thing. I don't need to win every time in situations like this. I need to win one of every three, and it pays off. Is this that night where I do that? No, probably not. Oh, the, the funny thing is... 240. Just, just what stands out to me is that their minus one and a half is minus one forty six, and I just compare so that Giolito. to the Giolito thing. And I don't, I, what am I like? Is that not a belief in the Braves' offense? Is that really just a comment on on the Royals just being terrible? Like two twenty five to two eighty is a big gap, and the minus one and a half is more for the White Sox. I don't know if minus one and a half, minus one forty six is the value. I also don't think I can play a minus two eighty in a game that has a total of nine and a half. I was looking at that as well. I thought I was looking at that as well. I mean, uh, you think the Braves are pretty much going to knock uh, Washington's uh, head off? And your over under is saying they're going to score some runs. But the Braves, yeah. I mean, if you believe it, is the RA means the Washington's going to score maybe one, maybe two runs, <clears throat> which sounds about right. We think the Braves are going to score eight. And they can, don't get me wrong. Of course they can. It's a good offense. But the bank mm-hmm. on that seems kind of silly here. So there are betting opportunities here. you got to figure out what you want here. I mean, you've got me on the yeah. run line today. You know, you've got me on the run line today. My, that minus 1.5 is nice. I mean, I can even be convinced to do a three-team parlay on the run line with Atlanta, the White Sox, and Tampa. Well, let's see. Time let's see. Because we got one more team that does fit this description, and it's the Twins with Kenta Maeda on the mound. We're actually the biggest favorites on the board today at minus 290, which is a monster number against the Detroit Tigers, who they swept up in that uh, doubleheader, who throws Scubal on the mound in Minnesota. Now, Scubal, here's the problem. Scubal is one of the uh, top prospects in baseball, top pitching prospects. Uh, yeah, Nick Gregor, he's had a rough going early on here. He hasn't really been crushed. Uh, his last outing was against Minnesota, by the way. So there's something you can go by here. Only two runs in five innings. Uh, they, I think the weird thing is only two strikeouts. I would have expected more strikeout stuff from Scubal. But only two runs. And, uh, and it looks like those runs came up maybe on a home run. He only gave like three hits in five innings. So it can, you can go to uh, one of two ways here. Okay, the Twins have seen him now. They know what's coming. They'll do better. Or, he, or he's just good against the Twins. You know, he's going to pitch well against the team. He's already seen them. He knows their weaknesses. 
I probably do lean more towards Minnesota here, but there's no way I would pay that price because I do worry that he might have a pitch of gem here. He is capable of doing that. I'm not coming anywhere near paying minus 290. And I, I don't think I would love them in a parlay because I'd be afraid this would be my losing parlay. But that being said, on the run line, I am kind of interested in because I still think, once again, once you get Scooball out of there, because I, I don't think it's going to go more than five, six innings, you get to that bullpen. I'm still interested here. I'm still interested in the run line here. You guys, you've got me on the run line today with these three, these three games. I, I, I just need a fourth to come in. I'm asking this two two team plays. We're not talking about four spots here. I'm talking about Blake Snell, guy who won a Cy Young, I believe. Talking about Lucas Giolito, who has a no-hitter under his belt. Got Max Freed, maybe going to win a National League Cy Young right now. Kenta Maeda. Is Kenta Maeda really pitching at the level to justify this? He's 4-1, 253 RA. He's been real good. You know, but Kenta Maeda, over you know, his career, this certainly does feel like an outlier. You know, is, is it just going to be a year, though, where, look, we've seen enough, and, and this is who he's going to be for the year. Maybe it comes all the way back next year, but, you know, you're seeing Kenta Maeda at a minus 290. Maeda hasn't given up more than three runs at a start yet this year. Wow. Uh, he has done that twice, once against Detroit, his last start, so that might scare you a little bit. Still, he went six innings, so in today's uh, game, it's a quality start, which is complete crap. But uh, it is what it is. And he also got three runs against Pittsburgh earlier in August. All right. All right. I'm going to have a couple of parlays today. I'm going to go with your run line parlays. I'm going to bet on my hitter as well. Not the minus 290. I'll give you the run line here. I don't know uh, how I'm going to group them yet between Minnesota, Chicago, Tampa, and Atlanta. Uh, probably, well, they're all pretty much the same time, so I can't even do that. But I'm going to group them and go two two-team parlays here. You can also do these round robins. I don't know if you've ever messed around with these. I, I really yeah. haven't. But I know Cam Stewart always likes the round rob. Because that way, George, if you do come out uh, on the end of this and three of these teams get the job done, you're kind of dealing with a scenario where you can be profitable. I, I have not generally messed around. I've listen, certainly heard Cam talking about them. I know he likes them, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. You're right. This might be a good time to do that. Uh, see, you got me excited now. You know, this is what, by the way, this is also what happens when there are no games going on right now. From you know, I, I need the juices flowing somewhere. Now you got me excited about. It. I keep writing down different things here. Uh, okay, okay, I can see a round robin here, and uh, you know, in case things go wrong with one of these games, I think it's probably a smart play. By the way, I think if you're a little conservative, you want to do a round robin. You want to go for broke. You do the parlays, or you just hit him straight up and go, hey, hope you can hit all four, which I would never do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to try the round robin. I'm going to try the round robin. All right. I think that that'll be cool. And I think it'll be, uh, if anything, a nice little experiment uh, for us here. Uh, look, we've got two hours down of in-game live. We come back. We've got one more to go. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in baseball. Come back. We're going to talk about the big uh, playoff games. That'll be a part of the day. And then we'll get back to baseball when we close up hour number three, which is next year. On In Game Live, it is Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz with you guys hanging out until 4 o'clock, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this quick break on The Grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride. And now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 